Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. Today is Saturday, the 22nd of July already, and of course, we're going to be talking about the Rays, their series with Baltimore here. Been a slump lately. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the British Open and maybe some football even. The number here, 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com gets you on the show to send an email and we'll be right back to kick off the show on Power 90.1. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number. Call now. 800-291-2865-800-291-2865-800-291-2865 that's 800-291-2865. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Hopefully you're staying hydrated and out of the hot sun if you're able to. Hope you're having a good weekend as well. And we're going to be talking some sports. The number one thing on people's minds right now are the Rays. What's going on? They're in a slump. They went from a seven-game losing streak before the All-Star break against the Mariners, the Phillies, the Braves, and then all of a sudden, uh, we had the All-Star break, we won a couple games, and now we lost five in a row again going into the weekend. So we talk so many times on this show about staying positive with the Rays, but they really are an enthusiasm Dracula the last couple days. I'll tell you, it's really tough when you're following this team and you see all the talent that they have and knowing that they should uh, be atop the National League East. And for the first time in 100 games, going back to the start of the season, they're not. They're a game behind the Baltimore Orioles, who, of course, were playing in a four-game series. We started on Thursday night, um, and we have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, four games. And right now, we're a game behind them because of the start that we got off to on Thursday night. I want to break down a couple things about the Rays, but first of all, the record going into the weekend, the Rays are 60 wins and 40 losses. The only teams with better records, I believe, are the Rangers and Baltimore. Uh, And if you look at what's going on with these teams right now, Baltimore is finding ways to win. I don't believe they've been swept on a series in 70 straight series. And it's obviously going to be 71 now because certainly losing the first game in the series, you can't sweep them. So it's going to be 71. But I want to break down what's going on with the Rays, in my opinion, at this point, and what needs to change and some things that uh, we can still be positive about. First of all, the positive take is that we are 60 wins up and 40 losses down. Um, We do have a team that has all the ability 
to get into the playoffs. I'm so sure that we're going to get into the playoffs. And from there, it's going to come down to the X's and O's and how this team responds. What is the goal of this team? And who are the leaders of this team? They're the two questions that I've been asking all season long. And that's what I want to hear someone say. I want to hear someone on the Rays step up and say, hey, listen, yeah, we've been in a slump, no doubt. Uh, no, after all, we lost five games in a row and then we lost seven in a row before that. So, yeah, a little bit different than the first couple months of the season when we were the hardest team on the planet. That's going to happen. You have peaks and valleys, ebbs and flows throughout the whole season. Every team goes through it. The question is, would you rather go through it in July or September? If I had my pick, I'd say, yeah, let's go through it now, but let's get it straightened out. Let's right the ship. But in order to do that, you have to find out what's causing that to begin with. Now, we've talked since the end of last season. If you remember in the playoffs, what's our Achilles heel? Our Achilles heel is being able to manufacture runs when we need to. Easier said than done sometimes. I totally get that. But when you have a team with the talent that the Rays have, you have to be able to put together a lineup that is going to be able to produce some runs day in and day out like we were doing earlier in the season. These guys didn't forget how to hit a baseball. They didn't forget how to sacrifice someone over. However, I, I do think they forgot how to bunt, but we're going to get to that here in a little bit. I think that when you talk about the Tampa Bay Rays, you go back to, yeah, you have Cash, who is the manager. You're not going to say that he's not a good manager. He's manager of the year two times now. And I think he's a very good manager. He does a great job getting the team to buy in to winning, buy in to what's going to happen on that team on a day-in, day-out basis, who's going to be playing, which is pretty much everybody. So you better get ready to go out there and you know, earn your money. Go out there and help the team. Now, saying that about the team, you know, we went through that little spate there with Franco being suspended for a couple games. And then we had the All-Star game come in. You know, we had a Rosarina in the All-Star game with uh, the home run derby, which uh, I've said it before a hundred times when you go into the all-star game in the home run derby it messes up your swing before the all-star game and then after the all-star game for a while until you get back to figure out how to get base hits when you have to versus trying to hit a tape measure home run so that you can get an extra 30 seconds on the clock of um, bonus points if you will in the home run derby. So that's been a point of frustration. But here we are, second half of the season started. We're in a position to go out there, make some noise. We got the uh, team that's been on our heels the whole time. Yes, we had a six and a half game lead over the Orioles uh, a little bit before the All-Star game happened. We went on that skid, like I mentioned, and now all of a sudden, we go from six and a half up to one down going into the weekend here. So what has to happen, or better yet, what has been going on? If you watch the game on Thursday night, the first game against the Baltimore in this series, um, you have to say that our pitching staff, I thought, did a good job again. 
You go out there, we're holding teams to four or five runs day in and day out. That should be more than enough for the offensive weapons that we have to go out there and win the game if you're a Tampa fan. Instead, you're out there and you're wondering when you have runners on first and second in the 10th inning trying to tie the game because you're down one you know, what you need to do to get that guy over the third to win the game, to tie the game at that point, then go ahead and ultimately win it. So here's my take on what's going on with the Rays. The Rays are a team where either everyone's going good or everyone's going bad. There's no in-between. There's not a time when you have, you know, eight guys in a slump and one guy carrying the load. It's usually... All in or all out. And what happens is that you have some players on this team, like any other team in any other sport, that you know really are, has a nice way of saying this, I think temperamental, more temperamental than they should be to go out there and play the game. And I'm going to give you an example of, of what I mean. You don't have to have any talent at all to run as hard to first base or second base, or go after a ball. You don't have to have that talent. You have to have the desire to do that. You don't have to flip your bat. We know that when you strike out three times in a row, you're you're mad. You're gonna no. You want to slam your helmet, slam the bat. You don't need to do that. We we all know what's going on, and just don't go back to the dugout. Try to figure it out. What this team is doing right now is we're taking a situation where we're pressing like we did last year in the playoffs. And what I keep on waiting for, I don't want to hear cash after a game, whether it's a win or especially a loss, say what he's going to say. Myself and everyone listening knows what he's going to say. He's going to go out there and say that, you know, we need to do a better job in some situations. Um, now the effort was there. The effort may not have been as good as it should have been tonight. But nonetheless, um, there are some good things going on. And we're just looking for a way to snap out of some things and keep going. He's going to say all the right things. He's not going to throw his team or any player on that team under the bus, which you could say that's a good thing or a bad thing, whatever way you want to take it, that's fine. But he's not going to do that. That's not the way he rolls, and he's not going to change. What I keep on waiting for is a player on that team to step up and start becoming not only the actionable hero on the field, but the go-to person when it comes time to talk. The person that I want to hear say, you know what, we're going to have a players-only meeting because what's going on right now is unacceptable to myself, to the rest of this team, and especially to our fans. So we're going to go out there, we're going to right the ship and, and get this going in the right direction the way it was early in the season. Who's the player that's going to do that? So I'm challenging every person on that raise team to go out there and be that person to take the lead and get this team out of the funk that it's in. It's not too late. Are you kidding me? We're only a game out of first place. We're right there in the middle of the playoff picture, of course. And are we the best team in the American League right now? I'm going to say right now we're not. No. You got to say Baltimore has been a little bit better. They are right now. I have to say that Texas is probably they have our number as well. And on top of that, 
despite the, the less wins, I'm going to say Houston gives us issues. So I'm going to say we're right now we're fourth. Uh, good enough to make the playoffs? Yeah, probably. But then why? It's not just about making the playoffs with this team. We've done that. Been there, done that. Now it's time to up the ante. And that's why I need that player to come out and say, you know what? We don't want to just make the playoffs. We've done that before. We want to win the chip. And here's how we're going to do it. What we're going to do is when we have a situation where there's a runner on first and second base in the bottom of the 10th inning where we're down by a run, we're going to find a way, no matter what it takes, to get that runner on second over to third base. we got to score. We have to get him to third base. So it doesn't mean swinging for the fences. And that's, that was my issue with the game on Thursday night. If you looked, a Rosarino had struck out three times, I believe, prior to his appearance in the, in the 10th inning. Uh, we, we had Franco, I believe, on second. Uh, runner starts on second in the 10th inning going forward, which is a rule in itself I, I don't like at all. Nonetheless, that's the way it is. He's on second. Um, someone got hit by a pitch. So we have first and second. Nobody out. So what do you do? What do you if if you're the National League, there's no question what you do. The next player up lays down a bunt and you move the players over to second and third. But no, not us. Baltimore did it, however, in the top of the tenth inning. They had a runner starting on second base. You know what they did? The first batter up lays down a bunt. Runner goes from second to third, one out. Next guy hits a sacrifice fly, run scores, now they're up four to three. It's not that hard of a plan to follow, but for some reason, game in, game out, year in, year out, this team won't do it. And I don't understand why not, and I don't understand why Cash won't enforce that. Is he not calling the shots? Is he looking at analytics? Do analytics say that a Rosarina who struck out three times already is better off swinging for the fences than laying down a bunt, sacrificing players over? I hope not. I hope that's not where it's come down to. Anyway, that's what he does. Struck out, first and second, one out. Brandon Lau comes up, ground ball, double play, game over. Thank you very much. We lose four to three. So if you're a race fan, it's just one more day of frustration, one more game. However, it's one more game that we can recover from because there's certainly more than enough time to go out there and right the ship. And I am still confident in this team's ability to go out there and do that. But what I would like to see, again, these guys need to realize that a game in July 20th is just as important as a game on September 20th. You need to win it's one game. We could lose the playoff spot ultimately by one game when it comes down to it. So we need to keep those things in play. What a Rosarina was doing, I'm not picking on him. It seems as though I am on this segment, but just from the game on Thursday night, ground ball in the fourth inning, gets by walls, goes into left field. A Rosarina picks it up and he, you know, throws a lollipop back into the infield. Gunderson, who hit the ball, turns a single into a triple. Now, why Walls wasn't on third base the way he was supposed to be, not quite sure about that either. He's going to share some of the blame talking about it. But, you know, a Rosarina needs to not be as, you know, lethargic about it and get the ball in. And quite honestly, Cash had every right to take him out of the game in that situation. Um, if he would have, 
I wouldn't have complained. That's for sure. They, 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 they sat Franco for a couple games. To me, that was no different than that. So I don't know what's going on with uh, some of these players sometimes. Again, it seems as though it's either all going right or uh, it's not going right at all for anybody. And that's the slump we're in right now. And it's not the pitching. Yeah, we may lose a game or two because of a, a bad pitch uh, late in the game. But for the most part, our pitching is is is, is tops in the American League, I believe, and and all of baseball for that matter. People are saying we have to get a starter because of the injuries. Here's my take on that. When the playoffs come, all these teams seem to get down to three starting pitchers anyway. That's the rotation they use as the three pitchers. Well, you tell me what's a better three-pitching rotation than McClanahan, Glasnow, and Eflin? I'll take my chances with those three guys against anybody in the league. Now, saying that, we need to have the bats to come together and be able to put some runs on the board. You're not going to win without scoring runs. So, has it been a bad time, a bad stretch lately? Absolutely. I'll be happy when July is over for the Rays, and it's not going to get any easier. It just gets harder as the season goes on. So these guys are professional. I'm looking for someone to step up. I'm looking for them to go out there and you know, get this uh, train back on the right track. So your thoughts? 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com. If you want to send an email, it'll be right back to keep the show going. You are in the gymnasium. I'm Power 90.1. Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. They have access to great prices and discounts at over 500 different airlines. Plus 300,000 hotels and rental car companies. 800-331-3981. 800-331-3981. 800-331-3981. That's 800-331-3981. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Going to talk some football here in a second, but I want to take a, a few emails that we got over the break here. One of them was from Chris in Lakeland saying, Jimmy B, great segment on the Rays. Don't forget that the Rays did bunt in the seventh inning and went on to score two runs. Yeah, I believe it was Betancourt. Yeah, Chris, great email. Thanks for that. It was Betancourt. Um, there was someone on first base. I forget who it was. But he did lay down a bunt. Diaz then got a hit, and we did score two runs to tie it up. And so it proves my point where it does work. There's a time and place. Now, I don't know if Betancourt had the green light to do it on his own or if it was came from cash in the dugout or what it was. But whatever that was... I have no idea why that same signal wasn't given in the bottom of the 10th inning to be able to have us sacrifice the guys from second. Franco was on second and over to third and get that run to score. Uh, Another email, uh, Denise from Valrico saying, how about if they would have hit to right field? Would that have been something that a Rosarina could have done easier than sacrificing bunt? Well, you know, Denise, I'm not sure. I mean, if you have the opportunity to hit to right field and you're up there, then why is he swinging away 
like he's trying to hit a home run. I, I just don't get it. Plus, he's over the night to begin with, so maybe he should have gone up there and he does have speed. Randy's got a ton of speed. Lay down a bunt, make the third baseman come in and get Franco over to third. You have to get that. Now, if you say, would I have rather him hit hit um, the other way to right field and sacrifice the guy over to third? I don't care how he does it. I don't care if it's a bunt or if he hits a ball to right field or if he you know rolls one himself into the outfield to get the guy over. It, it doesn't matter, but they've got to find a way to get that done. Thank you for the emails. Uh, talking some football now, I, I want to touch a little bit on uh, these running backs in the NFL. What's going on with uh, Barkley of the Giants, Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants, Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, no, Jacobs is a is a two time Pro Bowler. Of course, we know Barkley. Uh, he's he's a Pro Bowler as well. Both of these guys are going to be playing if they play on the on the franchise tag. They did not sign the offers, which means that with camp. They didn't hit the deadline. So with camp starting this week, they're not going to be able to negotiate a deal until after the season. So if they don't sign on the dotted line and play for the franchise tag um, salary, which at this point is $10 million, then they're not going to play. And a lot of signs are pointing to Barkley not playing this season. So I want to touch on that. First of all, I have to say that if you're going to sit out and not play a season, how is that going to improve your stock for the following season? Why would someone want to go ahead and roll the dice on you if, number one, you've been injured so many times that you don't play a whole season too often? You did last season, and it really... You had a good year. So the Giants decide to go ahead and give the quarterback, Daniel Jones, a truckload of money, you know, break the bank for him. But from a business decision, they said that they're going to wait to negotiate with Barkley. Now, they did offer him $14 million. He turned it down. I believe he wanted $22 million, or he said that there's uh, not going to be any deal think about Barkley it's all about the guaranteed money the Giants offered Barkley several deals and packages that got up to you know, close to the 14 million per season that he wanted with all the incentives and all the other bonuses and all that stuff that was structured the way that would have been good but his magic number was 22 and a half or something like that and you know so with the franchise tag like I mentioned is 10 million and you know you could these teams can franchise players twice so next year it's going to be only 12 million and when i say only 12 million that's as stupid as saying only 10 million for this year 10 million is 10 million that's 10 million reasons to go out there and play so you know as far as barkley goes it's the guaranteed money jacobs it's a little bit different you know jacobs you know, he was pretty quiet throughout the whole offseason um he did want to return to vegas uh, so I think that with him, it's 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 about the money as well, and you know, both of these guys. So so what does it really mean? I mean, the Giants are going to have to sit back and wait and hope that Barkley signs a franchise tag. Because I'll tell you what, 
they're really banking that he does because their backup running backs are Matt Breida and Gary Brightwell with Eric Gray, the fifth round choice, I think, sitting in the um, you know, sitting in the dugout there waiting for him to be able to give him a chance to play. So if they don't get Barkley out there on the field, I know the over-under on games for the Giants to win this year prediction is seven and a half. Now, they won nine games last year. Why would it go down to seven and a half? Something's not, something's not right with that picture. So I think that if you're Saquon Barkley, I've always liked the guy. Um plays in the tough division, the NFC East there with you know, Philly and Dallas and Washington, the Redskins, um, the Washington Commanders, I should say, who were just sold, by the way, Daniel Snyder, $6 billion, despite all the nonsense that he created himself out there. Sorry, I digress. Barkley, got to go out there and play, buddy. Go out there, sign on the dotted line, Take the $10 million, go out there, have a great season, help your team to the playoffs, and then next year you could tell the Giants, you know what, forget about it. I'm going to free agent. I'm going to go out there and take the best deal I can get. Maybe you'll get more money from the Giants that way, but at least you're going out there and not taking the year off, and there's no way you can justify Justified to other teams looking at you to pay you more than what it is this year. Now, a question is this. With these running backs, five years ago, the average salary for the running backs was $10.6 million. Five years into the future, which is now, it's $10.1 million. So where have you seen sal? Tell me what sport you've seen salaries come down. So that's something that I think needs to be explained. And why is the running back losing its luster in the NFL? What's going on? I'd like someone to explain that one to me. JimmyBSports.com, 877-448-7901. Whatever happened to the premise that in order to go out there and win the Lombardi Trophy, you need to go out there and be able to do two things. Run the ball and stop the run. I've been a proponent of that my, my whole adult sporting life. That's what you need to do to win a Super Bowl. Now, what's happened, I think, is because of Mahomes with the Chiefs. Yeah, they had a, uh, what, a fifth or seventh year running back that they were able to go out there and win the trophy with last year. Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what's going on with that, but I do think that if you look at the running backs now, you look at... Um, all these guys in the NFL, not just Barkley and not just um, Jacobs, but you have the running back from Minnesota, who I can't think of his name right now. You have uh, Henry. You have all these guys that are wondering what's going on with the running back. Why are they losing their value? Why is a, a wide receiver making more money by far than some of these running backs. The running backs get abused. I mean, they're, they're, their bodies get game in, game out. That's something that uh, 
you know, you have to be able to run the ball in the NFL. Now, is it because there are other running backs that you're not going to have star running backs, but just, you know, workhorses to go in there and, you know, three yards, cloud of dust, move the chains? No, that's something that we're going to be looking into as this season goes on. But for right now, I've got to say, you know, whether it's Barkley or whether it's Josh Jacobs, you got to go out there and... Uh, turn this trend around. Go out there and, and play. Ten million is nothing to sneeze at. Sign on the line. Go out there. Have a great season. Put all the critics to rest and go out there and improve your value versus going out there and not playing and expecting people to pay you more for not having the stats. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't make sense to me. Would love to hear your thoughts on that. Again, JimmyBSports.com. Let me know what you think. We'll be right back to keep the show going. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Freedom Junkie Beards. Free your beard from its dismal existence and kick it up a notch. Freedom Junkie Beards is made in the USA with the highest quality ingredients from beard oils, jellies, balms, and waxes to shine, hydrate, smooth, and control frizz to keep that beard in check. Protect your beard from the elements with an all-star lineup of products from Freedom Junkie Beards. American-made, American-grown. Online at fjbeards.com or text keyword BEARD to 64600. That's 64600 for more information. So if you're ready to join the Freedom Junkie Nation, then let's get bearded. A percentage of all sales are donated to charity supporting wounded veterans and vets with PTSD. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Just touching on the Bucks for a second here. For those of you that like the creamsicle uniforms, the throwback, they are going to be wearing those October 15th when they play uh, Detroit. So if you remember, those uniforms went from, I think, 1976 till 96, if I'm right. Uh, That was right around when the Glazier family purchased the team. So... Uh, a lot of people like the uniforms, the throwbacks. I think it's it's pretty cool to see, and they will be wearing them um, on the 15th of October when they do play the uh, the Detroit Lions. So that should be pretty interesting. Um, Dalvin Cook was the running back that uh, some people were texting me, emailing me regarding uh, the extra uh, running backs that aren't signed right now. Ezekiel Elliott is another one. So we'll touch more on the Bucks as we get ready for spring training here. We're going to be talking more about, when I say spring training, um, preseason football. You know, I got the Rays on my mind. Can't stop thinking about what they need to be doing here. But um, let's touch a little bit on golf that's going on right now. As you know, we have the British Open taking place and anytime you have a a major there's going to be some headlines and whatnot and the headline today is what's going on with justin thomas um again it's um he's having a tough time over there people are saying it may be hard for him to uh get onto the Ryder cup unless he's a captain's pick by uh, the captain there, Zach Johnson. So uh, I think that's that's pretty interesting. Uh, if you look at the leaderboard over there, there's one guy that's pulling away and everyone else has chased them. 
And of course, if you look at what's going on, that one guy is Brian Harmon. He shot a 67 in the first round and a 65 in the second round. So he's at minus 10. And he has a lead doubled over Tommy Fleetwood, who's up minus five after his second round. Um, Straka is minus four. Then you have a, a couple of guys at minus three, including Jason Day. And you have Jordan Spieth at minus two. Cameron Young at uh, minus two. Uh, Rory is up minus one. He says he's fine. He's not worried about the position that he's in right now. And, you know, if he thinks he can make up nine strokes, no, more power to him. We'll see what happens. But, um, you know, it, it should be an interesting second two days. They're playing at Royal Liverpool over there in Hoy Lake. So uh, the, the, the purse went up to $16.5 million. It's up from what it was last year. And I think Cameron Smith, I believe, won it last year. Um, so it should be interesting. If you guys are golf fans, tough to watch the British Open for some reason for me. It's always like um, in the middle of the night, it seems to come on. So uh, very tough to follow. But it is good to see um, see who's doing well. You look at Wimbledon. I want to just... Uh, Congratulate Carlos Alcaraz with his Wimbledon win last week over Djokovic. Um, I thought both guys played well. I, I thought that you know after getting pummeled in that first set, Alcaraz showed a lot of poise and a lot of uh, maturity, despite the fact he's only 20 years old and coming back to beat the, uh, uh, the Djokovic. Now Djokovic was. I guess number one, but Alcaraz was number one in some ratings. Or it's to me, it's a little bit confusing. But nonetheless, they're probably the top two players in the world right now, and Alcaraz has a bright future ahead of him. So congratulations to him, Djokovic, uh, class act all the way around. He reminds me of Federer in some ways. Um, some ways he's he's obviously he's only one Federer, but uh, Djokovic is a true champion and I think that's going to be something that um, he's a good role model for some players up and coming right now uh, also I wanted to say briefly um, we do have a lot of emails and questions about um, pickleball we did a segment a couple times with um, Lee Whitwell who is a uh, pickleball pro up there in the villages and she travels and plays in a lot of events. She's going to be coming on the show again. Uh, we have a local um, boxing, professional boxer, uh, Jasmine. She's going to be coming on the show here next couple weeks talking, a couple coaches in the area as well. So we have a lot going on, and keep on sending the input. If you go to jimmybsports.com, or else if you want to go to sports at power901.com, shoot me an email. They seem to be getting more all the time, and you know, let me know what you hear, want to hear more of. Let me know what you want to hear less of. I mean, uh, it's tough to really incorporate all the sports. I want to touch more on some high school um, as we go further on here into the summer and, and getting ready for some uh, football as the season starts back up. So a lot of interesting things going on in the sports world. Um, I'm going to read some more emails next time on the show. So please let me know what it is that is on your mind. Question I want to know right now going into next week's show. How many wins do you think the Bucks will have this year? Email the show, 
let me know what you think. I'll tell you what the over is next week. And uh, we're going to go from there. We're going to break down what the Bucks need to do, what the outlook for their season is. Is it going to be Baker Mayfield out there? What are they going to do from a running back perspective? Rashad White, is this the year that he breaks out? Talking of running backs, he's one of those guys that is a, a, a slasher. I think that he's going to have a great season this year. Now, of course, you know they're talking with Mike Evans uh, regarding a contract negotiations. It may or may not get done before the season starts. I it doesn't look like it will, but they'll get something done with Mike, I'm sure. And he and Godwin are going to be two of the top receivers, I believe, this year in the NFL. Again, that's all the time we have. It always goes by too quickly. But uh, let me know all those questions that we talked about and your thoughts on the Rays. To me, that's the main question right now. Who has to step up for the Rays and be that person who takes control, who holds the players-only meetings, who you know does what they have to do to get this team back on the right track? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. This is Jimmy B saying thank you for joining us. As always, stay safe, stay vigilant. Above all, stay positive. And we'll talk to you next week in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Have a great weekend.